again. Good morning. Uh, I know there's not many of you in here, but thank you for doing that. If you're at home, uh, good morning. I'm just, you're topping it right now, right? You're putting it in the thing. Uh, put a couple O's in there just so I know you're yelling it at me today. Maybe just today, just drop it in there. We, we want to see uh, who showed up today for Easter. So good morning. Uh, we love you guys. So thankful we can meet today. It's an amazing thing. I'm excited to be here and to meet with you wherever you are today. And I'm excited about this word that God has for us. Um, I want to say happy Easter, man. Amazing today. It's Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. And we may not be together, but we can still celebrate that today. We still know and believe it is still true today that Jesus is alive, that there is no grave that could hold him. There's no stone that could stop him today, that Jesus is alive. And we can celebrate that. And it's going to be different this year, right? Like not all of us are going to go see family and not all of us get to come to church today and not all of us get to do the egg thing today or whatever we normally do on Easter. And Man, we, we can maybe just make that up. When we all come back to church, we'll just have an Easter 2.0, and you can go out and buy something nice, and we'll, we'll come in and, and do Easter 2.0, whatever the first day back is. But, man, today we can still celebrate this reality that Jesus is not in a tomb today, that he is alive, he is risen. And that's something to be excited about this morning. So, man, just so glad we can be here, so thankful for uh, phones uh, if you're younger, you're like, we've always had phones, but I didn't get a cell phone until I was uh, 16 and started driving, and it wasn't even like a camera phone. That wasn't a thing. It was like a, I don't know if you remember, but like they had flip phones, phones that actually opened up, and it had numbers, and I don't even think texting was a thing. It was literally just a phone then, and in just the past couple years, we can you can see me today uh, through a phone, and you can hear everything that's going on, and, and that's amazing technology that God's provided for us today to be able to to meet in these, this time in this moment. So I just love that. But I want to say today, before we get started, I miss you guys. I love you. Praying for you. Can't wait till we can come back here. Hopefully that's soon. Been praying that it'll be soon. Uh, if you need anything, I just want to say this. Like if, you, if you're like, you're out of work and you, you need some groceries or, or anything, you, why don't you just email us? Just overflowgathering.com. Uh, we love you guys. And if we can help, we want to be about that. We want to help. So just, just do that. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So anyway, we love you guys. So excited about this word today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24 and we're going to surprise talk about the resurrection uh, normally, right, you, you like, you're, I don't know what I'm going to preach this week. I don't know what I'm going to preach this week. But Easter kind of makes it easy because you're going to talk about the resurrection. And there's like four of those stories. So as I was studying this week, I was like, God, what gospel would you have us to be in? Where would you have us to be? Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Where are we going to talk about the resurrection at this year? And, and I read all of them. And if you haven't ever done that, maybe just today, uh, if you've got some time. We all got time right now, right? You can just... You can just read these stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about different perspectives on the resurrection from, from different viewpoints, different people. And uh, man, such an amazing thing, uh, such an amazing thing today that we can celebrate the, the risen Savior together. But man, uh, so excited about this. We're going to talk about the resurrection today in Luke 24. If you have your Bible, you can kind of get there. But we left off on Friday, Good Friday, which was amazing, by the way. Didn't think, uh, didn't know how that was going to work. Like Monday, I was stressed. You can ask the band. I was in here, and I was like, I don't even know. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to do anything. And uh, God just worked it out. Like, we got 
some trailers uh, just donated to us, which is amazing. Uh, so I think it's Sweet Trucking, right? Like, is that right? Yeah, amazing guys brought them in here for free and let us use them. So super thankful for them making that possible. And uh, we came over and there were some people working really hard to make sure that that would happen and setting up, started early in the day and it was amazing. And I'm so thankful that it worked out and we could meet that way. But when we left off on Friday, we left with Jesus hanging on the cross. So you'd already seen that uh, Jesus had been crucified at that point in time, that they had taken this body of Jesus, our Savior, who'd been beaten beyond the point of recognition, open wounds where you could see bones and things you weren't really supposed to see. And they'd, they'd nailed him actually to this rough cut piece of wood. They'd driven nails into his body. Can you imagine that? This crown of thorns on his head. And they lifted him up and he hung there for hours hours, not just moments, but hours, this body of Jesus hung and suffered for us on a cross, taking our sin and our shame and our guilt and our punishment on himself. And at the end of that, he, he died. He suffocated on his own blood. He actually stopped breathing. The star breather stopped breathing for us. At that point in time, they took the body of Jesus down off the cross in a hurry. Joseph, or not Joseph, uh, you look really quick because my brain's going 17,000 different ways. Um, yeah, Joseph of Arimathea. I don't know why I couldn't remember that, but hey, who knows? Happy Easter. Um, <laughs> he actually went to Pilate and he requested that the body of Jesus be taken down off the cross and released to him. And he, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, these religious people. And he went and he had the body of Jesus taken down and he wrapped him in, in grave clothes and him and the disciples took him and they laid him in Joseph's own personal tomb. And they rolled a stone in front of the door. And Jesus at that point in time was shut in the tomb. At this point in time, the the religious people of the day, the Sadducees, Pharisees, scribes, they, they remembered that Jesus had predicted or told that he was going to actually be resurrected one day, three, three days later. So they went to Pilate and they said, hey, uh, we don't believe this, but Jesus said this. So um, we're afraid the disciples are going to come and they're going to steal the body of Jesus. They're going to take him away and they're going to hide him and they're going to claim that there's been a resurrection. So they asked Pilate to set a guard of Roman soldiers in front of the tomb and to seal the tomb uh, so that the disciples couldn't come and, and take away the body of Jesus. So Pilate agreed. He did that. And for the next few days, there was this guard of Roman soldiers that stood in front of the tomb of Jesus. That's kind of where we enter the story in chapter 24 of Luke. Jesus is shut in a tomb. He's been there for a while. He's been hurriedly prepared for burial. He hasn't went through the proper procedures. They've just kind of put him in there because it was about to be the Sabbath day and they couldn't work on the Sabbath day. A guard was set in front of the tomb to make sure the disciples didn't come in and steal the body. And then Luke 24 happens. It says on the first day of the week, now the first day of the week is not the work week like we would think Monday through Friday, but actually Sunday. On, on Sunday, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb. Now, if you read some of the other gospels, the they that we see is, is a set of Marys, right? Mary, Mary, and another lady. Uh, and, and they come to the tomb and um, 
they're coming to do something. And it says they, they came to the tomb bringing spices they had prepared. Now, the reason that they did this was they were going to come and they were going to anoint the body of Jesus with these spices. They weren't coming to what they thought was a resurrection party at this moment. They were coming to bury their friend Jesus. It says in the end of 23 that they got together after the Sabbath and they started preparing these spices for his burial. See, in this culture, they buried people different than we bury people. When we bury our loved ones, we, we put them in the ground. We put them a couple feet deep in the ground and we cover them up. And that kind of keeps the elements and the animals away from them. But in this culture, they did things a little different. In this kind of arid environment, they would take them out and they would put them in a tomb, like a hewn-out piece of rock in the side of a cliff. Or they would put them in, in maybe like a cave-type area. And they would lay them out on this table. And they would wrap them in these grave clothes and anoint the body with spices. And then they would roll a stone in front of the door so the animals or people couldn't get in and tamper with the body. And the reason they, they did this was because bodies do what bodies do after they die, right? They, they start to decompose and, and they didn't want that smell to be something that everybody that passed by would be able to smell. So they wrapped it in spices to cover uh, this, this decomposing smell. So they were going to do what they thought was to bury properly their friend Jesus, they were coming to a funeral. They were coming to, to the grave of Jesus, and they were going to prepare him for, for, for death. Now, you look at that, and you're like, well, how in the world would his followers, these people, not know that, that he was going to be resurrected? And you have to kind of put yourself in that place. Think about what these women had just seen. Think about what all his disciples had just seen. They had just seen Jesus, this son of God, or they thought was the Messiah, and maybe they're questioning it at this point in time. They'd seen Jesus, their best friend, taken and tried and then beaten beyond the point of recognition. They'd seen as they swung that cat of nine tails and it had these little barbs in it, these pieces is a metal or bone and they've seen as it ripped his flesh away from his body they, they saw that jesus carry a cross down a road as he was bleeding they, they saw that jesus have nails driven through his body they saw him lifted up on a cross they saw him bleed they saw him suffocate they saw him die and if you saw that just like i saw that you wouldn't be thinking oh yeah they're going to come back from that yeah yeah everybody comes back from a crucifixion. Actually, no one had ever come back from a crucifixion. So they seen this happen to Jesus and they were thinking, there's no way that he's coming out of that. There's no way that this is the plan of God. There's no way that this is what God wants. They, they had seen all this and what they were carrying that morning as they went to the tomb was more than spices. They were carrying grief and sorrow. They were carrying doubt. They were carrying heartache. Actually, I would say it would be really easy to imagine this was the worst moment of these people's life. Can you imagine watching somebody you love to go through that and then you weren't even able to properly bury them that night because it was almost the Sabbath day and the, the law says you can't move around and work on the Sabbath day. And then you have this waiting period where you're sitting at home and you can't do anything about burying your friend and you know that your friend needs to be buried and he's just laying there and you don't know what's happening to the body. You don't know what's going on with the body. And you're thinking, man, I can't do anything about it. This helplessness, this hopelessness, this, 
this feeling of sorrow and, and maybe guilt and grief. Why couldn't I stop it? Why couldn't I do anything? So they were carrying spices that morning, but they were carrying a lot more than spices that morning as they were going to the tomb. They were carrying all, the, all this grief and sorrow and doubt. This was probably the, the, the greatest pit of sorrow these ladies had ever been in as they went to the tomb that morning. So they came to the tomb and they were thinking, here's the funeral of my friend Jesus. I'm getting ready to to bury properly my friend Jesus. And when they got there, it says in two, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now, if you just read a little farther, what you're going to figure out really quickly is they didn't snap into, oh man, God probably did something amazing right here. This was just another thing, right, on the pile of emotions that they were going through. I go to this tomb and I'm expecting my friend to be sealed in there so that animals and people can't get in. And I get there and the stone is rolled away. And the first thing I'm thinking is not, hey, there's a resurrection. But man, I hope nothing has happened to the body of Jesus. We're already going through so much. And here's this, this added layer. There's, a, there's another thing. Maybe, you've, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe today you're going through something and you're like, man, I am these ladies. Like, (laughs) I'm about to give up. I'm carrying around sorrow and I'm carrying around guilt and I'm carrying around grief. And I feel like my world's falling apart. Like they felt like their world is falling apart. I feel like everything around me is crumbling. Maybe you can relate to that today. And when you relate to that, doesn't it always feel like sometimes there's just another thing? I'm already going through something and here's another thing. What's your thought? Oh, great. Again, seriously, there's another, like I'm sorry, I'm already kind of burdened beyond the point that I can carry. And here comes another thing. And that's the moment these ladies are sitting in, in the story when they roll up and the stones rolled away and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how much more I can take. Maybe you've said that before. It says in three, they, they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Here's another thing. Already burdened. And it just seems to pile on and pile on and pile on. And this is the moment they're going in when they go into the tomb. And you're like, well, how do you know that? This is in four. They were perplexed about this, confused about this, upset about this. Again, they didn't walk into the tomb, see where the body was supposed to be and think, oh my gosh, he did it. He's alive. I can't believe this is the thing. They had heard the promises of God over and over and over and over again. They knew what God had said. They'd heard Jesus say, I'm going to die. I'm going to be put in a tomb. I'm going to come back. But in this moment, we weren't feeling the promises of God or resting in the promises of God or really even believing the promises of God because we couldn't see past the sorrow of the moment. We couldn't see past what we were struggling with in this moment. We, we've, we've gone through so much. And here's another thing. And here's another thing. And sometimes doesn't it feel like it just piles up so much. You just really can't even remember what God says anymore. Maybe it just piles up so much that you feel like you can't even hear what God is saying anymore. And you've prayed and you've been like, God, why did you let this happen? God, why are we going through this? God, is this your plan? God, how is this your plan? God, have you left us? Have you forgotten us? Are we alone right now? Welcome to the moment 
of Luke 24. Some of us are living it out right now. God, where are you at? God, where are you at? How in the world is this what you want? God, do you hear me? Have you left me? Have you forgotten me? And you know the promises, right? You hear people quote them because we like to quote them back at people. God says, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And you're like, I feel left and forsaken. God has not forgotten you. Well, I sure feel forgotten. Welcome to the moment of Luke 24. I don't, I don't know how much more I can handle. God, why are you doing this? Why do, you, why do you keep piling stuff on? Why do you keep letting stuff pile on me? Welcome to the moment of Luke 24. That is exactly the feeling these women walk to the tomb with. That is exactly the feeling they're going into to bury their friend Jesus. That is exactly the feeling when they see the stone is rolled away. That is exactly the feeling when they step down into the tomb and see that the body is gone. That's what they're living in. You're living in what they're living in right now if I'm speaking to you. And here's the amazing thing. I've been there. Haven't you? Maybe you're not there right now, but you're like, man, I've, I've been there. I know what that feels like. And here it is right in the gospel story in Luke 24. It says they go down into the tomb and they don't see the body. And it says, well, while they were perplexed about this or confused about this or maybe distraught or upset about this, it says into that moment, listen to this, suddenly two men stood with them in dazzling clothes. (laughs) Now we're not quite sure what's happening at this point in the game, right? They don't think, oh, automatically, oh, cool, this is angels. Here we are. It's resurrection time. They're down in a hole in a tomb, probably not a place you want to hang out anyway. They're wondering why the stones rolled away. Where's the body of their friend Jesus? And suddenly, out of nowhere, here are two guys that roll up in the tomb. And the guys roll up in the tomb. And it goes from like, I can't see anything to now it's so bright that I can't see anything. Have you been through one of those transitions where maybe you were in a really dark place and then you walked into a really light place and you, you got into that moment and you're like, I can't see. I have no idea what's going on right now. My eyes have not adjusted yet. This is the moment that shows up. These guys show up in dazzling clothes. We have dazzling up there. I think we do just because that's a weird word. We don't use it much. It's a, extremely bright, especially so as to blind the eyes temporarily. These guys show up wearing light and it freaks these ladies out. Beyond where they were already freaked out. It says, so, so the women were terrified and they bowed down to the ground. They were terrified. They were, oh man, I'm going to die. They couldn't see. They didn't know what was going on. They couldn't find the body of Jesus. Now there are two guys that show up in the tomb and they can't see and they're terrified. And you're like, well, how are God's people terrified when angels show up? Well, here's why. If you've ever read the Bible, anytime an angel shows up, somebody's picking themselves up off the ground. Angels are not those little cute babies in the diapers with the little wings and the little bow. Angels are big, scary guys who kill. Uh, one of them can kill 165,000 Assyrians. We saw that in the Old Testament. Like these are those guys. Two of these guys show up in the room and they're wearing basically basically the sun, and these women don't know what to do with that. Sometimes when God starts to move, it's a little bit scary. I just want to throw that out there. And this is what they say into that moment. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? 
They speak into that moment of their fear. They speak into that moment of their heartache, their doubt, their, their anxiety. They speak into that moment of, God, what are you doing? What's going on? How can this be your plan? I have no idea. And you just keep piling stuff on and piling stuff on and piling stuff on. And this is what they say. Hey, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Let me translate for you. Hey, you guys came in here looking for Jesus, right? You guys, Jesus, Nazareth, that guy, crucified, tree, that guy, you're looking for him? You're looking in the wrong spot. You're looking for someone who's alive in a place where things are dead. You're looking for the right guy, but you're in the wrong place. I know the Jesus that you're talking about But the reason he's not laying on that table behind that stone is because he's not dead anymore. He's alive. I know you brought the spices today, but the funeral is canceled is what he's saying. Why are you here today looking for the living among the dead? And then they say this. He is not here. He has been resurrected he's not here he's been resurrected funeral canceled you you don't need the spices anymore the grave clothes we don't need the tomb anymore it was nice thank you joseph for letting us borrow it we're glad we were here for a little bit we don't need this anymore because jesus has been resurrected And, and i don't know if you can imagine this moment with me but these ladies at this point in time would have had to pull out the dictionary and be like hold on just a second angels i need to figure out what you're talking about let me go to the r's resurrected oh resurrected we got that uh resurrected is to restore a dead person to life Now, they wouldn't have known that because this has never happened before. Jesus is breaking all the rules in the story today because dead people don't become live people. That's an authentically and uniquely Jesus characteristic. And they would have said, hey, he's not here. He's been resurrected. And they would have been like, hold on. Can you explain to me what a resurrection is? I thought I was coming today for a funeral. I thought I was coming today with all my grief and my sorrow and my guilt to mourn something. I thought I was walking into the tomb today to see that that maybe God had left me or he'd forgotten me or I was alone or the plan was over or this wasn't even his plan and I was just wrong. I thought I was bringing all these things to the tomb and I got here and I found out this tomb is empty. The hole in the ground today that we expect to find all of our sorrow and our guilt and our shame in. The hole in the ground today where we expect to bring and to see that God has left us and forgotten us. Yeah, that tomb is empty because God is resurrected today. And in the resurrection story, we see that God always comes through on what he says he's going to do. The promises of God are always fulfilled. And that's what he's doing today in the resurrection story. So he shows up, the angel shows up and he's like, hey, you're looking for something that's not here today. God is alive. Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is resurrected. There is hope today in an empty tomb. There is life today in an empty tomb. There, there is, there is this agreement today that God comes through on what he says he's going to do in an empty tomb. I can go in there and I can carry in there all of my sorrow and my guilt and my shame and my doubt and my, my God's left me and he's forgotten me and all those things. I can carry all that in the empty tomb but i can't leave the tomb that way 
See, when I enter the empty tomb, I'm reminded that Jesus is alive. And if Jesus is alive, anything is possible today. So he says, he's not here. He has been resurrected. And then they say this. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. You remember? He he already said this. Um, He said, the son of man must be betrayed. We we saw that. He was right there. And he's going to be put in the hands of sinful men. We saw that. He was right there. And he was going to be crucified. Remember, Jesus said that. And he he did that. It was right there, fulfilled. Um, But didn't he also say that he was going to rise on the third day? And when they said this, it says they remembered his words. You see, they were going through something when they walked to the tomb that day. And that, that thing they were going through blocked them from seeing the promises of God. What was in front of them in that moment wasn't God said this, he's going to do this, he's going to come through. What, were, what was in front of them was the circumstance they were living in. They were living with the reality of what they were going through. And what they were going through was this. Jesus had been beaten. Jesus had been betrayed. Jesus had been crucified. He had been nailed to a cross and they'd seen that. He had been lifted up in front of the whole world. They had seen that. He had been killed. He had stopped breathing and he had been put in a tomb. That was the circumstances, the reality of the moment they were living in. And at that moment, it blocked them from seeing what God said he was going to do. God had said already, I'm going to come back. Don't worry. I'm coming through. Don't worry. I'm going to get you out of this. Don't worry. I'm doing a thing. Don't worry. I've already got all this planned out. I've not left you or forgotten you. We're just going to have to go through the darkness for just a moment. There's light coming. Don't worry. He'd already said all that. He'd already told them all that. But because of the circumstances that were in front of their face, they couldn't see that God had a plan and a purpose and that God was doing a thing. But it didn't stop God from doing a thing, did it? They came to the tomb that day in the circumstances and the circumstances were saying, he's left you. The circumstances were saying, this can't be the plan of God. The circumstances were saying, there's no way he's going to come through. There's no way he's going to come through. It's impossible. Do you see what a mountain you have in front of you? There's no way. Nobody's ever come back from the dead. And they were believing every bit of those lies. They were believing every bit of the circumstances. They were believing every bit of God has left me. He's forgotten me. My friend is dead and he's never coming back. They were believing every bit of that. They'd heard the promises of God, but they were believing the lies of the enemy. And because of that, they were living in defeat. They were living in fear. They were living in shame and they were preparing for a funeral. They had everything ready. It's over. It's done. There's, there's no way he's coming out of this. There's no way we're coming out of this. My world is torn apart. There's no way God's going to come through. And that's the moment they descended into the tomb in. Expecting to find a defeated Jesus. Expecting to find a God laying on a cold table. Expecting to find a, a, a 
deity who was already decaying. That's what they were looking for. That's what they expected. That when they walked into that tomb, they didn't define, they didn't find a decaying deity. They found that the deity had already got up off the table and walked right out of the door that Jesus was alive. And if Jesus is alive, everything is possible today. I got to, I got to get that today and you got to get that today. I don't know what you're struggling with today or going through today or living in today, but I want you to know Jesus is alive. And in that moment, in an empty tomb, anything is possible. That's what today is about. Jesus is alive. And if Jesus is alive, there are no more funerals. There's no more graveyard. There's no more hole for me to descend into because he's alive. I can live. Some of you are already preparing. My life is over. I'm never getting out of this. I'm going to live in this shame and this sorrow and this doubt and this guilt and all this forever and ever and ever. God's left me. He's forgotten me. He's turned his back on me. But the promise is still true today. Every word he's ever spoken is still true today. He's come through over and 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 over again. And he's coming through wherever you are, wherever you're sitting today, wherever you're watching from. Jesus is alive and I have hope in an empty tomb. Here's the truth today. There's always got to be death before there can be a resurrection. And maybe you're in the waiting today in a tomb of your own today. But man, just imagine what it's going to be like to be lifted up out of that tomb. Maybe you're in the darkest moment of your life today, but the darkest moment always comes before the light. There is light coming today. Jesus waited in a cold tomb for a resurrection. And maybe today, just maybe, wherever you're at, you're waiting in a cold tomb. But my God promises he will never leave us or forsake us, that you are not alone today. You are not forgotten today. And he is the God of resurrection. He rose and we can rise today into that same life. God wants you to live today. And sometimes to live we got to descend back into an empty tomb. And we got to be reminded over and over and over again as we love, as we stare at that cold, that cold stone slab that Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. And anything is possible today in Jesus' name. Let's pray.